to another episode of You're Already Accepted, a community Thank you. watch. Thank you, baby. No problem. Uh, no what problem. am I doing? No problem, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, slipping. like Christian said, we're back at it. Community rewatch. Um, you know, guys, it's been a it's been a blessing to do this with you guys. And I think season six, it's going to have some highs. It's going to have some lows <laughs> like today. Mm. But uh, ultimately, we're going to work through it and we're going to be there. We're going to do it together. That's the best part about it. Right. Like a community. Right. <laughs> uh, we have just hey. stopped being a study group. <laughs> uh, uh, everyday fun uh, or everything's alleged. Nothing is. Uh, you can't prove anything. <laughs> nothing is proven. Yeah, everything's alleged. Except for everything that we've recorded and is released on Spotify right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have letters, letters, letters. <laughs> so all highs in this episode. Yeah, yeah. we're 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 going up <laughs> when the praises come up, right? Um, but some of my A plus stuff. Frankie says this, and I don't know. I I. Feel, I I like ish Frankie. She's probably like, you know, six and a half out of ten character. Um, but she says making a difference can be boring. This is like what that's like one of my favorite like serious community lines. Like, yeah, making a difference, like being great. You know, if you try to be great in life, it's every day. It's consistency. It's every day, you know, but it's boring. It's showing up. Yeah. Who will carry the logs and the boats? <laughs> Who's gonna carry the the your grandma? Well what? But Ultimately, yeah, making a difference is boring. And then um, when she says, you know, like she catches about the speakeasy and she's like, Abed doesn't know any better. And everyone's like, oh, so, OK, I guess the is the point of that just like she thinks Abed has like serious autism or something like that or Probably. Is it something else. Uh, I I think so. I think uh, is this is this really the first time? I mean, I know Hickey in season five was like, I've, you know, people have walked on eggshells around you for, for four years. Oh, I bet he's so special. Don't eat a hamburger. Or else we'll all. <laughs> but I feel like there have been some times where people have downplayed. Like, I feel like his own dad kind of did sometimes too. Or like Duncan did that with the, the Christmas episode where he's like, very publishable, very interesting. But I do, I do think you're right. I think Frankie is kind of playing into the like, well, he doesn't know any better because he's, you know, he he's not in reality like the rest of us are. So we we're just going to humor him. He doesn't really know what's best for himself, sort of thing. Yeah. So that was an A plus for you. Yeah, I just because I, I just wanted to bring it up because I just wanted to understand it better. Yeah, it, this the the structure of this episode is kind of weird because we just got back from. You know, we just saved Greendale, but correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't they right back in where they were in this season, and that's why they bring Frankie in, or do they just bring her in because the dean wants to? Yeah, assistant? that's kind of one of my marked and not really marked in red. What is Frankie's job exactly? They call her like an administrative consultant, I think, and she like eliminates uh, the uh, redundancies, right? Yeah, right. But uh, that's that, I was kind of confused by that too. Like, okay, they just saved the school. That was literally the whole point of like the the beginning when Annie realizes that she forgot to fix this frizzy. It's like everything else has been fixed though. Yeah. So like, what is Frankie there for then? I guess they're going in debt or something, but they would have fixed that. You would have thought, I don't know where we are, I guess. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like Frankie. I'm not, I'm not opposed to her being here. It's just kind of, I don't, they don't really, they kind of gloss over why she's there. I feel like, and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, Frankie's here. Okay. She's the mean woman that's going to make us 
spend less or make us cut stuff out. But I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't hate this episode though. I don't hate season six really. Uh, I think this is a pretty good start for, I, you know, they had to find some kind of story plot line to have for season six to kind of keep everybody at Greendale still. So it kind of makes sense. I guess maybe they, they've got everything fixed, but maybe after, you know, season five, they were going to sell the school and they're realizing that they don't have money or something. I don't know. Again, they kind of gloss over that. Um, but anyways, I digress. I think the, yeah, I mentioned the Frisbee uh, opening and when like the Frisbees, you know, collapsed the roof and Leonard finds the Frisbee from like 1979 or 1980 or something. Mm-hmm. And he has like the flashback and then it just disintegrates in his hands. And he gets, says the line from Blade Runner, like tears and rain. Like tears and rain. Yeah. That part is kind of sad, but it's, it's kind of funny at the same time. So I don't know. I feel bad laughing at it because it is, there's kind of that sadness of Leonard, like not being young anymore, but uh, mm-hmm. he plays it off as a joke. And then uh, whenever Chang is in the, in the group with them, which again, they've forgotten that he tried to betray them last season. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, are any of you white people noticing what's happening to this group? He's like first Troy, then Shirley. He's just like, keeps making comments about how it's all white people. Cause then Frankie comes in and he says the same thing. Um, I thought that was pretty funny for Chang to, he always pulls the race card in this case. I mean, he's got a point, like they're all white except for Abed and, uh, do Abed and I need to be concerned? Yeah. As the leader of the white people, you have nothing to be concerned about. <laughs> what yeah, you got? Chang, everyone's either gay or racist. We don't. I mean, besides the dean, there aren't really any gay characters in the show, are there? That's not true. They have the Hawthorne. I don't think episode. so. Not, no, there aren't any other consistent characters. Yeah, yeah. That are gay. Um. So it's a it's a good start to the season. Uh, I think I definitely note, especially on the rewatch. I definitely noticed that they're taking themselves a lot less seriously because they know it's the six seasons part of six seasons in the movie. Um, so like, I think Abed is a little annoying, but he's also just kind of leaning into the, well, this is our last season. I'm a, I'm a character in a TV show sort of thing. Um, but I, I liked uh, whenever Frankie came in and she's like, I think I'd like to join the committee. And she tries to sit down in Shirley's chair. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, our, our friend used to sit there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what about this one? And then it pans over to Pierce's chair. They're like, oh, oh yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs> but it was it was solely the fact that the camera physically moved over. And you kind of forget that that's where Pierce sat. You're like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty funny. And Hickey. Um, and Hickey. Thank you for reminding me. She goes through like a list of the classes that she wants to get rid of. Uh, one of them is like VHS repair or VCR repair. Um, there's, there are a couple of them, but one of them is like, when is it okay to shake a baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, you don't ever want to shake a baby, but I just think the concept of that, like back in 1986 or something, whenever, you know, there weren't seatbelts in cars and everybody had asbestos in their walls. Like somebody was like, I'm sure there is a good time to shake a baby. So we're gonna have a class about that. You know, um, I do kind of like in this episode that Frankie and Abed have like this sort of like unlikely understanding because, She's the opposite of him, but they are both sort of like spec. They're part of like the same spectrum, if that makes sense. And I don't mean I don't mean spectrum as in like oh 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 okay, got canceled <laughs> because Abed is very much like I I I want to be interesting and I am unique and I care that I'm in a TV show and Frankie's like I'm gonna be the person that gets everybody in line because he says he makes a remark about like you you uh that's the most interesting case for being unimportant or something kind of like that. 
that I've ever heard. And he talks about, or she talks about how she doesn't own a TV. And he's like, you're the first person that I met that I haven't openly wanted to punch when I've heard that. Um, and I like the bit that Abed does a couple times where he like does a montage of him doing work. Like the first one is him uh, mopping and then he fixes the clock. And she's like, what are you doing? I gave you a list of things to do. Uh, you know, double yeah. check with Diane about the invoices and then email Diane to make sure she got the invoice. Yeah, he was like, it's not, uh, very, it's not like very visually engaging or something like that. Right. <laughs> and then the, the last one or the second one he does... Uh, he's like, you know, he's doing the emails and he like keeps changing outfits. And so you, you, you know, you expect it over the course of a couple of days. And then she's like, Abed, if you change clothes one more time today, you're fired. <laughs> I know. Um, one of the lines that Frankie has whenever she is trying to like, you know, be liked by people in the speakeasy, you're trying to like salvage her. You know, she told Abed that he didn't know any better. Uh, she says, you're all uh, a fart from the butt of a lesser God. And I'm like, Dang, Frankie, go off, kind of like it, it. It's not, it's not an all-timer line, but it, the the context of it is pretty funny. Like, have you ever thought about? Um, this isn't a diorama question, but it could have been like, if you could insult somebody creatively, like what what it would be. Have you thought about that at all? Like, I hope your kids never learn to read. Um, I hope that you're. I hope that your firstborn is a sticky iPad kid. Like. Uh, I hope that I, I had one the other day and it was like along the lines of, I hope that you never can peel the wrapper off of the lid of your food the first time, you know, something kind of like that because everybody's always like, you know, go jump in a hole or something like that. But a, a good, a good insult goes a long way, I think. Um, and then my last a plus was, uh, uh, whenever Frankie's in the interview and she's like, and I think that I am that person to take charge. And the guy's like, why, why would you say that? Like, why are you so pretentious about yourself? Go find, mm-hmm. go find somebody else, and uh, and then, uh, you know, Jeff and Abed come in. Don't hire this woman, and then Abed is like, "This is the fourth door that he's broken down to say, don't hire this woman." You know, they have the m- montage of apologies. We're sorry, and like you, you don't hear them say it, but you can see their their lips. And the guy who's in the interview like calls security and gets them out. I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good little ad, add yeah. on to. <laughs> Fun bit. Yep. Fun bit, fun bit. Uh, for leading the class, cool. unless we have a diorama question, unless you want to just move to leading the class. Yep. Uh, I said Frankie. Uh, I'm, I'm a Frankie fan, like I said. I, I think she's a fun ad for the group. Um, she doesn't mm-hmm. really fit into the group, which makes her kind of fit into the group in a way. It's kind of weird. But, yeah. Um, and I think Paget Brewster. Paget Brewster? Paget Brewster? Paget Brewster. Paget Brewster. Paget. I think she's a good actress, so I think she nails it too. But uh, I mean, yeah, she connects with Abed. She kind of does like is featured the most in this episode i feel like which is odd because she's a new character but right off the bat yeah, she kind of just point. comes in and like takes control and takes over and is very this very like uh commanding presence at greendale um and she's kind of a street woman character but like like you mentioned the fart of the or fart from the butt of a lesser god like she kind of starts to lean mm-hmm. into the craziness of the school um, yeah and i enjoy that too just seeing that you can have this character that's kind of supposed to be the, the uh, like opposite of the rest of the group. But at the same time, like she is also becoming a Greendale, you know, she's getting and changed by Greendale already. It's fun to see that. Yeah, no, I agree. I had, I'd probably pick Frank or let's see that pick Frankie. Frankie. I picked Abed. I think, I, I think I liked, I think I picked Abed because of like the montages and stuff like that. Um, I thought also like, you know, it's hard to like you know 
I've been in situations like my life is like really interesting. Now I'm playing, but like I've been in situations where it's like here are your friends, and then here are like that's like the actual decision you should make, and it's like it's hard. It's like you know, especially when like your friends abandon you, they won't let you, they won't let you have any pretzels, man. Like that's low, but mm. so yeah, that's why I picked up it. I'm also gonna say Frankie um, because again, uh, she she adds a new layer of like difficult to the group. Like Brit is the worst. Troy was immature. Shirley was a little bigoted. Pierce was racist. I think Frankie is just unique enough in like what she brings to the group. And it's sort of like, yeah, she is so normal that the group needs that, you know, it's like, she's kind of boring, but also in a funny way. So I'll, I'll say Frankie for now. Um, the only, the only extra credit that I had, uh, is whenever they're at the study group table, Chang is just sort of like talking to himself. He's like, you guys like tacos? You guys use the internet? Um, you guys use 4chan and Reddit? Because I do. I really like that. And my my headcanon is like, okay, if Chang uses 4chan, does that mean he's involved in like the QAnon conspiracy? Like, is he Q <laughs> in the QAnon? Like, did he did he think that he was like in a role-playing game? And so he started like, you know, oh yeah, I work for the, the White House. Ha ha ha, wink, wink. And then people all started following him. <laughs> probably that that's that's probably, probably how, i mean that's how his life goes it, it lines up don't ask chang where he was on january 6 2021 <laughs> nowhere gosh no subway i crawled through the vents in an anti pelosi's office i i was arrested i don't know why uh extra credit i found in my research that okay so in the speakeasy there's a bar a picture of the bar that says don't serve this man and like i couldn't figure out who it was during when I was watching the show. For some reason, at first I thought it was like Garrett, but it has a mustache. So I had to look it up and it is Dane Harmon, of course. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. it be? It didn't look like him, <laughs> but from because it, it was kind of far away. But that is Dane Harmon, apparently. And then uh, the explanation they give for Shirley leaving is that she went to take care of her dad uh, in Atlanta, I think, or Georgia somewhere, uh, which is actually the reason that Nicole Brown left the show, I guess, was to take mm-hmm. care of her dad in real life. So kind of cool it's also kind of cool that she came back for this episode you know like i want, I want kind of like how uh pierce came did back. the cameo of the hologram which abed mentioned and then abed was like yeah if there's a pierce ghost around here i need to know about yeah. but yeah i thought that was kind of cool that yvette nicole brown came back just to do that like two minute end tag at the end of the episode mm-hmm. with uh the, the lawyer that's pretty good that was fair enough short and sweet for the first episode oh did we give any other we didn't oh. Um, if you want to kick us off, I said seven out of ten. I think this is a pretty good pilot. I think it's probably the best pilot since season season two. I feel like Community doesn't really do pilots very well. Um, probably one of the few weaknesses of the show overall. I mean, there's a there's good ones, but like I feel like season three, season four aren't really good pilots either. Season five is fine. It's not great. This isn't a, really that bad of a pilot though. I uh, I think also really cool when I was watching this that I kind of. I remember it from watching the first time, but just kind of reflecting on this again on rewatches, you really start to see Abed's character development like flourish in this episode mm-hmm. specifically and really throughout season six with like him becoming okay with change and uh, like accepting that because um, that's kind of his been like character trait the whole show is like he doesn't really like change, you know, especially like mm-hmm. the episode where uh, Jeff's supposed to leave and Abed has like the show in his head with uh Greendale babies, the Greendale and, babies all and all that yeah so I think it's kind of cool to see him like come around on that now to this where he's like he's the one that's okay with change and the, the group's not which is mm-hmm. kind of a cool uh character development like 
realization. But uh, yeah, it's a fine episode. Like it's not great, but it's it's a solid introduction for Frankie and for this last season of Community. Fair enough. I I got six and a half out of ten. Yeah, it's decent. Um, like uh, you can feel the tone shift. I mean, obviously it's filmed differently too because the lower budget and <clears throat> like you can feel that tone shift a little bit. And it's not it's not you know. It's 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 no paintball or nothing like that, but it's not a bad episode. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll give it. Uh, so, I I agree with the sentiments that it's pretty solid pilot. Um, I think I do disagree a little bit. I I think the pilots do make the show a little bit more fun because it's kind of uh, um, a way to kind of set the scene for what the what this season is going to look like. So I, I I did like that they were like right off the bat like, hey, here's a new character. Where's Hickey? We don't know. Here's Frankie. Um, and I think we do get a reference now that I think uh, Abed and Rachel are broken up with because he ta- he tells Frankie like, "Where did the hologram of Pierce go? Where did my girlfriend go?" You know. So I think that that's kind of like their way of saying that she's not in the show anymore. Um, but you know, Britta and Annie run the speakeasy, or I guess Jeff runs the speakeasy. Um, so it kind of is reminiscent of those prohibition type movies. So if I had to get a rating, I'll give it a um, Gangster Squad out of. Uh, what was I going to give it out of out of uh, Great Gatsby? So you know, not not awful. It has a lot to live up to. Um, serviceable, not thought about a whole lot, but serviceable. I'll, I'll give it that. Lawnmower maintenance and postnatal care uh, is a is a pretty fun episode. Uh, I think half of it's a pretty fun episode. The other half kind of sucks. <laughs> but I'll let, I'll let you guys kind of share your thoughts on that too. This is probably. Um, outside of the Schmitty episode, this is the probably the most frustrating episode in the show for me. Like that's fair. The um, like the stagnant, like molasses pace nature of the VR, like yeah, and and all of that. Um, and then like everything with Britta and just and like I forgot the part about how like her parents did some weird stuff with her as a kid. Not like obviously, you know, anything abuse, I would say, but like just, you know, traumatic oh gosh, that's stuff. That's, yeah, traumatic yeah. bad yeah. parenting. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, um, so I get that, but like her like, you know, childlike resistance, it was like painful to watch for me. Now I, I, now again at the end it, it turns up a little bit and like they have that conversation and it opens up, but um yeah, that's where I start for this one. Go ahead. I think the frustrating part for me with that is that she's so stubborn to be independent, but she's also inconveniencing Abed and Annie mm-hmm. with it too. And so, and like, I think the worst part of it is whenever she runs out and she like takes that big wheel from the kid and starts going away. I'm like, that's supposed to be funny. And it's supposed to show that she's resilient, but it just looks childish. And maybe it's supposed to, but not childish in an ironic way. It's just like, dude, seriously, you're, I get that you have like, you know, hangouts with your parents, but you're literally just doing the opposite of the most rational thing right now. And so that was frustrating. Um, Yeah. But I agree with, with the, with the, the VR stuff. It is a slow burn, but it's kind of like a similar thing to the video game. I like that they actually, showed what he was seeing in VR rather than just having Jeff and Frankie hear from the Dean what he was seeing. Good point, um, yeah. 
they did. They, so they 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 showed instead of just telling. That's also the first episode we get Keith David's uh, Keith Keith David David's. There's no S as there's no da- uh, S yeah. as uh, Elroy Potashnik. So he's kind of like rounding out our group as the elderly gentleman in the Greendale Seven, um, and we are back up to seven now, right? Or are we at the six? Green, we're at six because we don't have a replacement. No, I guess Chang is the replacement for Troy. So we have, and we have a Pierce, a Troy, a Shirley, and then the original Greendale Four. Yeah. So kind of fun. Um, Heath David makes any project that he's in better. I'm, I stand by that. Um, I think I'll let Ethan uh, have the the kind of the famous line for this, but I do like how they were kind of ahead of the curve on VR and how the, he has like the the no slip. Uh, harness that he's wearing so he can like run he's like I'm gonna run this way and those are still like not very common like you still have Mm -hmm. to pay quite a bit of money for those but um, it's kind of cool that they were thinking about that stuff in like 2013 2014 14 I think 14 maybe right 14 15 14 because I feel like VR headsets like commercially didn't really come out until like 2018 or 2017 like so they were still kind of ahead of ahead of yeah. That. And Jeff keeps making jokes about like the '90s, about how VR was like. I didn't realize VR was already a kind of a a fad at one point. Like, I, I'm guessing it wasn't as high tech as it is now. But I like. Did you guys know that was a thing already before this? Yeah, there was a big uh, like VR push in like the yeah the mid to late '90s in terms of like the in the in the video game world. Um, like, but like you're like you said, like it didn't look very good. And never and it really never really took off because like. The control, the controller is just so much We're more awful. like. Um, one, it was like easier to like work with as consumers because like, oh, it's just like a bigger joystick, <laughs> a joystick with extra steps. But right, <laughs> and I think uh, what we think of with VR. I mean, whenever I was a kid in the two thousands, sorry, I didn't even mean to do that. Um, <laughs> but I always assumed VR was going to be like you stand in a room. And it's kind of like Abed simulation chamber, right? Where everything's built around you. When really it is just like you have a screen in front of your eyes, which is probably going to murder your eyesight. I already have bad eyesight anyway. But so, yeah, good for good for community to bring that up, I guess. Community predicted meta before uh, they came around. The metaverse. <laughs> Zuckerberg wishes the metaverse could be like that. Mm. Uh, yeah, the famous <laughs> line from this episode is from the deed. And Jesus wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. And then he says a couple times, stop saying Jesus wept, which it's such a random, it's just so goofy that it, but it is funny coming from his mouth in this right. episode. So random. Yeah. And then whenever the Dean drowns the serial number in the fountain and it's like, he's like, yeah, he's shushing it. And it's like the point of view of the serial number looking up out of the water at him. Kind of messed up, but kind of funny at the same time. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a piece of paper, or a piece of pixel, I guess. So it's not really that violent, but um. Yeah, I think the Dean in the VR simulator is some of the best Dean that we get for the whole show. Uh, besides maybe the peanut costume. Yeah, maybe besides the peanut costume and like, um, like the the documentary or the commercial mm-hmm. uh, commercial Dean. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Dean documentary. Yeah, I, uh, I yeah I agree with you that like showing the the VR what he's seeing it, it kind of adds to the episode because it's just like goofy enough that how like stupid it looks, but it is still kind of cool at the same time in a way. I don't know. It like it's, they make it out to be this lame thing that, uh, which it is. He's just like picking the time and stuff. But 
I do think that adds to like how great the show is, is that we do kind of get some glimpses of it. And it's not every single time he does something either. Sometimes we do see him from the outside, like running and stuff, but then sometimes we mm-hmm. do see him inside. So it kind of adds to the humor. I think of like, you can kind of imagine what is he doing now that we've seen the inside of the VR world. Um, it just, <laughs> yeah, it, it's sexual, sexual touch that I think makes this community a great show that I think other shows might not have done that. They might've just, the joke would have been us seeing the Dean and not knowing what he's doing, but right. And with the exaggerated movements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I also, I also do love, I, I, uh, with Elroy, the fact that he has no idea what he's created essentially. And they have to like beg him to come back. Like how many of those like video game companies or video game franchises do you hear about? They're like mega successes, but then you like see a photo of the guy who made it. And he's just like five foot four, like 110 pounds soaking wet, like never, never like leaves his computer screen. I think it's kind of like a, a real like part of like the video game, the emerging video game market that like normal looking people can be successful with that. Fair enough. Good point. Um, yeah, I didn't, I couldn't think of a question for this one. Um, I kind of felt like something with the, the VR route would have been, but I can't really think of a question for that. So unless you guys have something, we could just move on. I got nothing. Not really. Yeah. I, I don't have not much, anything. Not much from this one to take from that. Um, in terms of leading the class, I said the Dean, as I mentioned, some great just Dean lines and, and scenes. Honestly, Jim Rash is acting, I think. I said he should have won an Emmy for this episode in the notes. I was kind of being a little dramatic or sarcastic. I mean, it's not. But at the same time, like it is good acting, and I think just his delivery and stuff is just makes it that much funnier. I liked. I I, I thought Frankie because uh, in my head, like, so with the Dean storyline, yeah, Jeff would have been like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe Dean spent five thousand dollars." But I also don't feel like like um, he would have like taken the time to like try to track down the um, owner and get the money back like on his own, like. I think mm-hmm. like Frankie had to get in there and do that to like get Jeff to go to Elroy and take care of that. And then the, on the other storyline with Britta, like Britta sleeps in her car and then like they talk about it and stuff like that. And then like she helps, you know, Britta get around the way she should. And I'm like, oh, wow, Frankie kind of saved the day in this one. Yeah. Good job, Frankie. I, uh, I didn't really have a lead in the class. I just said Britta fails the class. I think she's the only person so far that I've had fail the class. Um, just because, again, and like, I get why she's running away from her problems, and that's kind of her character, where she puts up a really abrasive front that she's independent and strong, but really she has those deep-rooted issues. But that's very that's more season four Britta, and this is season six Britta. Um I feel like this season she doesn't really have a lot to do in general, um, but that, that's just me. Yeah. Um, and, and on that note too, like it's kind of hypocritical of her and, and just kind of seems like an oversight. Like the Brita we've seen in the past couple of seasons has been, she's tried to help Jeff with his dad issue. She's tried to like, to sometimes an annoying extent, but like she tried to help Abed when Troy left, you know, she had this mm-hmm. like very helping, caring personality trait. That's kind of what they were trying to push her towards is like, she's the only one that, knows what's really going on and she's trying to get them to talk about their problems and stuff and like get it out. But then like, she's the same time, like ignoring what Annie and Abed are trying to do for her, you know, and like not being understanding of them, like trying to be a friend. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I mean, she's annoying in the episode. She, it kind of just feels like 
they kind of forgot the direction they were going with her and like reverted her back to like early on Britta right. from the show. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the example of like loud is funny and like difficult is funny, right? right. There's no co- yeah. there's no development there. You know, there's no character growth. It kind of like every bit of growth we've seen from her over the show just got erased in this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just for the sake of like this can be her running joke through season season six is that she's irresponsible and kind of like kind of a failure because she's a bartender now. Um, she lets people drink shots out of her belly button, but only on tummy Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean, all around a pretty fun episode, you know, uh, pretty, ma- I think, memorable for the fact that it's such a late episode in the series and the Dean's saying, you know, Jesus wept. Uh, so, so pretty fun. And again, I like the addition of, of Keith David. So, um, terms of like VR games that you could have, I, I don't think there's a red dead two on VR. There's a Skyrim on VR. So, you know, I I do love me some Skyrim. I'll give it a beat saber out of Skyrim VR just, you know, to kind of level it out. I give it a seven and a half out of 10. Um, like it would have been higher, but the Brita plot kind of brought it down. I feel like it drug on too long to, you know, to add on to just, kind of sum it up. I think the plot took too much out of the episode. Um, and it just like the, the conflict just drug on for too long before they got to the solution. Um, but yeah, the Dean and the VR is some of the best we get of the Dean at the entire show. So really props it up. I think it could have been better. They could have had a second plot that was better than the Brita one, but you know, overall it's not a bad episode. It's better than anything like season three or season four could have given <laughs> us probably. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, five out of ten. But uh, <laughs> gets no, three points gets the community, community. So we'll take it. Yeah. We'll get better, I think, in this season, right? I think so. I think so. I think so. Uh this season also does have some pretty fun end tags. I think they were just kinda rolling with it because because they, they, you know, didn't care anymore. Is this one of the Portuguese gremlins? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs>